We need this money back, kid. We got the money and then some cash. What? Real money. Real money? Money is the answer. Money? Yes! Money. Money. The game everyone plays, but few win. Extracting the knowledge from the top 1%. Extracting the knowledge. And teaching you the ever-changing rules of play. It's time. Welcome back to the money game. I've got my man, Zach Beach. How you doing this morning, bro? Ty, it's a pleasure to be on here. I know we've uh, spoken offline a couple times here, and I know we've been planning to do this show, so I'm excited to, to dive in. Dude, excited to to have you. For everyone listening, I met Zach actually through another guest we've had on the podcast, a good buddy of mine, David Nurse. So David, the king of networking, is networking people for us. Zach's an absolute stud. We've had a couple conversations. He's a partner in a couple real estate coaching platforms, processing, wicked smart finance. Uh, the names of your company, Origin Real Estate and Smart Real Estate Coach, right? Uh, original Real Estate. Original Real Estate. Yep, yep, yep. And you've been in that for how many years now? Yeah, so I, I transitioned from a bartender and personal trainer about just going about eight years ago, December of 2014, transitioning into 2015. And yeah, I, I was just literally looking for a new way of life. <laughs> if anybody is listening to this has been a bartender or a personal trainer, it is just a consistent grind with not much upside. So I was spending late nights bartending, waking up early mornings, four or five o'clock in order to personal train, which most people don't even get results. I'll be honest with you, because they want you to show them how to do stuff. But then when you leave them, their habits still are the exact same. So the results aren't there. Uh, So I approached actually my father-in-law, who's my partner now, uh, who's been a mentor of mine and uh, a good friend. And he happened to be reinventing his real estate business coming out of the crash in 2008. So I said, Hey, I don't know if I'm going to like real estate, but uh, it's going to be better than what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So uh, I ended up jumping into the the family business. Yeah. About eight years ago and uh, you know, have it looked back now. And now we've developed and scaled a, a coaching program to show people exactly how we do what we do from our personal buying and selling entities and then partner with people across the country. So that way they, we can ensure their success in real estate. Dude, that's awesome. And I, I want to even just go into that a little bit because obviously I, I think that probably does relate to a lot of a lot of people listening mm-hmm. right now. And I think all of us at some point in life have a shift or a potential shift that could take place. For you, your bartending, right, which there, there can be some good, your personal training, like there's nothing wrong with those careers, there's nothing wrong, but what was driving you? What Obviously, you go into a new space, you have somebody who kind of has an in, but there has to be something in you that's saying, hey, I, I need more freedom, I need more control, I need, what kind of drives that? Yeah, so I was a poor kid that grew up in a rich town. So I've had a, a chip on my shoulder, um, good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, yeah, I, I, have a, I have a chip on my shoulder that I always wanted to be the next level up. I always wanted to be on the other side of town, per se, on the other side of the railroad tracks. So I've always had this alternative vision or this vision that I could reach some success and and really be able to propel myself from a wealth standpoint. The only person I really knew that was wealthy growing up was my uncle. And 
it wasn't that we had a good relationship. He was a big corporate guy. He worked as a VP of a big uh, corporate uh, plastics company that was national, and he was never really around. So there was like this this air of like that side of the family because my mom was like the hippie. She was the one that didn't really follow the rules, and and most people would say that you know she didn't reach her full potential. And but she, I mean, she was a great mom and and uh, certainly somebody that I consistently looked up to. So yeah. I really just had like this air of wealthy, and I always said to myself. You know, I'm going to be wealthy, but I'm going to do it differently. Um, it. So I've always had that growth of I'm not going to settle. And uh, I would say if I looked at like the six qualities of life or the six things in which I want to be a part of life, I'm, I might be not saying that correctly, but there's there tends to be some some things. And, and growth is a major value to me. So it, it's not always about the wealth. It, it's really about me growing and making a, a, a larger impact or really making a, a bigger, yeah, maybe a bigger impact is the best way to put it. So that, so when I'm sitting there stuck at a bartending gig and I'm hitting a ceiling consistently, yeah. if there's no change in available for growth, then I automatically, I would say my body shuts down. I'm like, all right, well, now I have to look for new ways in order to continue to grow and look for that fulfillment for me because value growth and value is, is is or growth is a big value to me so i had to look for that so i consistently start hitting my head on ceilings and as soon as i do that then frustration sets in and i need to look for another path and really that's where it was because when you look at bartenders um and again i i have a lot of friends that are bartenders so there's really two paths that you you go on if you're a mindset like myself which is i now enter into a management which then leads to i want to own restaurants or own bars and that lifestyle and not to say i wouldn't buy some in the future but that lifestyle at this stage in my life wasn't what i was looking for i wasn't looking to be up all night i wasn't looking to be working on everyone else's vacations i mean there was a portion of time where i did not even see my side of the family because they all lived about an hour and a half to to three hours away and when everyone was on vacation i wasn't i was working that's where the money is to be made so there was a couple you know, aspects that really started driving me to make this change. And one of them was growth. And the second one was I wanted a completely different lifestyle. Uh, my wife and I were sitting there one night because she was also a bartender. Gotcha. And we were sitting there late one night and we just said, this isn't what we want to do anymore. We're frustrated. We're tired. And we, and we want to eventually evolve to have a family. So once we got into real estate investing, and really that was a big risk for me at the time because i had zero real estate experience and i know people will say well you join your family well there was no cushy job there waiting for me with with a guaranteed salary you you ate what you killed yeah so now i jump into this this brand new world where i had to learn the vernacular i had to learn the systems process legalities uh every single thing that you could possibly think of and i had to do it in a short period of time because i was as i I was like Cortez. I burned the boats. I, I literally make a leap in yeah. April. I made a decision in December. I made a leap in April. So I had like three months of experience underneath my belt, about three months of experience underneath my belt. And I'm like, I have to do a deal and I got to do it soon. So then it was, it was really like hitting the ground running in fast motion because I really didn't have any alternative options. Dude, I, I love that. There, there's a couple things that I super, super agree with you on. It, the growth thing... I think people miss this a lot. And I, I've seen this in my own life. I've seen it as I've talked to people who, friends, family, coworkers, or whatever. 
I've said it a lot. I think progression is happiness, no matter what it is, your spiritual, your fitness, your finance, your career. If you're not taking on new challenges, I think if you're not, your family's not developing, if there's nothing changing in your life that's new, I think life can become relatively stagnant and just, I think that's when the monotony sets in of like, why am I doing the Mm -hmm. same thing over and over and over again, getting different, like the same results, it's insanity. And so I totally mesh with that. I think progress in whatever way it comes is, I think, really crucial to your happiness. Well, I would have to agree with you because I'm a big fan of of that. But secondly, I mean, the the universe is ever expanding. I mean, we weren't put on this this earth to remain in this position. I, yep. I believe that if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. The the evidence just comes in different forms, right? That you're progressing. Like you said, you're either, you're getting healthier, you're building more wealth, you're growing in your career, you're building, you know, you're building a bigger business, whatever that may be. I, I think if you're not constantly looking to take the next step forward, then you are really sitting there dying because you're now just waiting for the next piece of life to kind of take you out because you're not on the offensive, you're on the defensive now. And if we're not on the offensive, then we have no control. As soon as yeah. we're playing defense, then we lose control. And then if you lose control, then that tends to mean that you're in, you're going to get in a frustration, frustrated state. Uh, they had they did this whole study with CEOs and uh, and employees, and they originally thought because there was a the study was done to see you know who would who would live longer based on health. Mm-hmm. And what they found was uh, CEOs actually lived longer or corporate like corporate heads lived longer, which they thought they weren't going to live longer because of the amount of pressure that was put on them. But actually, employees lived less as long. So so the CEOs lived longer. And that was because there was a lack of control in the employee standpoint. So they believed that that actually added the additional stress because they had no control over their own lives. They were, they were hmm. being controlled by another another status. So That's interesting. I just thought that was a, a, a yeah. crazy concept because the, the certainty that most people look for when it comes to a, a normal job, if that's important to you, certainty. If you're working in a W-2, then the certainty that you're getting does have a cost, which is you have lack of control if you're not the owner. Um, so that's why I always want to step into this owner position because you could always control the growth and the progress of what you're doing, which again, leads to, in my opinion, more happiness, like you just said. Yeah. And I think one of the purposes of this podcast is I really want to help everybody understand. And I'm sure you and your coaching platform, I'm sure you coach tons of W2 people who aren't an owner. And I think we live in this false reality. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm a personal assistant, I'm a whatever teacher, I'm a personal trainer, bartender, whatever it is, I don't own a business. Well, the reality is you do own the business of your home. You have revenues, expenses, and you have assets, you have liabilities, you have whatever. And so whether you have your own company that's a commercial enterprise is is irrelevant, but you do have financial, a book of business in your home that you got to take care of. And mm-hmm. no matter who you are, like there is nobody who escapes the money game in life. You can either play it well or you can play it sucky. And it's just, mm. it, no matter how you view it, life tends to be a little easier if you play it better. And so you diving into the coaching realm, 
you've launched, you now have eight years when you're working with people. And I know obviously this is real, real estate specific. You guys are kind of specialists on helping anybody do a deal, right? Mm. Yeah, there's, there's really four main people that we end up helping through this process. One is that it's somebody that wants to build a side side portfolio, you know, the person that really likes their job, the doctors, the attorneys, the, you know, the people that spent eight, 10 years in college, uh, and they're, they're afraid to now make that leap, but they like their job. I mean, yeah. I'm unemployable, but you know, they, they are great employees. So they just want to build a, a, a side, uh, retirement maybe, or, or, or a side lifestyle through real estate. The second is you have the people that want to go full-time in real estate. Now that's, that's most prevalent for our coaching company okay? because we, we work with those and we give them a very a specific system process techniques, every, and, and get in the trenches with them on top of it. So it's very, very conducive to be able to help somebody go from zero real estate deals to building a business, a long-term business. Um, that's a major difference between us and a lot of companies, even though we specialize in a very specific niche in real estate, but we're there to not just do transactions. We're there to help them build a portfolio for long-term wealth and long-term growth. So that's the second. Third is that somebody wants to build for retirement. So the first one, more lifestyle, this one's to build for retirement, utilizing say IRAs, covered L's, things yep. of that sort. Yeah, and then the fourth would be someone that looking to buy their own home like they just want to learn our system and process to be able to buy their own home because the niche that we live in and work in is creative financing which is buying real estate without cash without credit without going to banks and most of the time without even putting down large down payments you know right raising a bunch of capital yeah so so the entry level into there can be significant for people on all four of those levels but also is a reason why we can scale people's businesses significantly faster than most niches because we don't need them to constantly be coming up with 20% down and going through the bank process of, you know, having them look in areas that most people don't want people to look. So we just continue to structure those deals that way. Plus, it doesn't matter if their credit's bad. Uh, we as a family have done over 600 deals. Uh, not once That's has awful. somebody ever checked my credit, ran a background check on me, anything of that sort. Uh, and these are nice, these are nice properties. So we really are about creating that lifestyle for people long-term uh, and, and be able to build up a business because then it affects not only them, but it affects everyone around them. It affects their uh, family long-term. It just is a completely different shift when you could shift people from a W-2 to business owner. Um, in my opinion, that is the best decision they could possibly make. I agree. And especially in today's economy, I think you were seeing a world where the majority of W-2 jobs aren't sufficient with the cost of inflation, with the cost of consumer goods. There's just so much more expectation that the everyday consumer has for their life today than 50 years ago, right? Like you had one TV in the home, one car, one home for 30 years. It, nobody does that anymore. 50K doesn't get you an entry-level home. It doesn't get you an entry-level car. It can't pay for your internet, your phone, the iPad, the Mac, the TVs, the streaming services. It's just, it's a completely different world in the last 30 years than prior. And I think everybody, we we see it all the time. I'm sure you guys, when people come to you, this it's so much more prevalent. And the reason we have this is, I honestly don't think anybody the next 20 years, if you don't, in 
vastly increase your financial literacy and start to understand stuff like this, like it's going to be a very hard environment, very harsh. And so I want to dig into that though, because you just said something crazy. I know a lot of people are like, wait, 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 break it down. How, how is he doing a deal without credit? Because most people, right? I would say 90% of people only think, hey, if I if I want to buy a home, I got to have the 650 to 800 credit score. I got to have 20% mm -hmm. payment, two years of W-2 income or 1099 in the same space. I got to have all the check marks and all the dotted stuff. And I got to have all the disclosures and I, it's got to be perfect. And I can just get my house. And I and that's how I get a home. Like that's the only way to buy a home. Obviously, mm -hmm. you just, you've done over 600 transactions without any of that. Um, so- mm -hmm. How is that possible? What, what, what is that even in a simple? Yeah, well, that is the biggest challenge in creative financing is that we, as I'll say Americans, uh, but I mean, I could generalize across the entire world because yeah. everything is controlled by the banks when it comes to financing mortgages. I mean, because the mortgages are, are there collateralized by uh, real estate, which makes it some of the safest investments for banks. Mm -hmm. So banks are just, you know, of course, lending out money because they know it's collateralized by a piece of real property. So we've always been taught, all right, the American dream or the way in which you buy real estate is you work really hard. You then acquire a 20% down payment. You then go ahead and go get a bank loan. You move into the neighborhood and now you hold on to that 30 year mortgage for the rest of your life. Now, I don't think we'll have time to talk about, you know, why holding on to a 30 year mortgage makes a ton of sense or not, unless it's producing capital, but that'll be for another story. Yeah. But the way in which we buy real estate is that we seek out sellers that have challenges that the traditional market cannot solve, or they're choosing the traditional market not to solve. So I'll give you two extremes. Okay. Uh, and I think they're super prevalent right now. You're listening to this, the changing of the real estate market. Creative financing, I mean, there's hordes of people now coming to us asking to partner with on, us on this because we specialize in this niche. And all the real estate investors are seeing that this is a major niche to be a part of for the next three to 10 years. So you have two extremes. You have one, you have roughly a third of the properties in the United States are debt free. So you have people that are in a very great financial situation that have an asset that they know, like, and trust and is not costing them any money besides taxes and insurance and upkeep. So you have those. So you, those sellers, there are there are sellers in that pool that are knowing and willing to finance the deal for you for what we call owner financing. So they are willing to finance the deal and turn that into an asset where they're now the bank and you are now the homeowner of that property or the owner of the property. And now you have the ability to, once you have that property, to go ahead and sell it or to rent it if people want to do long-term rentals or short-term rentals, whatever that may be. Or like we do, we exit on rent to own or owner financing where we work with buyers at any time in order to qualify for loans. And we're able to create a very distinctive trademark three payday system through that. But so you have that extreme. Sellers willing to be your bank. You just need to solve their problem. Hey, you have an asset. You're not using it. Second home. Would you like to sell it? But why don't we get you the most money possible for it and potentially get you some reoccurring money on it without you being a landlord, without you having to even get into the real estate space. Yeah. So that's one extreme. The second extreme is you have people that have zero equity in their properties right now, which means that no other real estate niche, unless you know how to buy it specifically the way we do, can make money off of a property that has no equity in the deal. The wholesalers, your fix and flippers, there's no, there's no spread. There's no reason for them to 
be able to go ahead and buy it because they're buying it at the lowest level possible. And if there's not a lot of equity or if there's just a little amount of equity, there's no opportunity for that. Yeah. So, so the way we go ahead and we do this is we buy properties if there's no equity or if they're behind on their payments and we can go ahead and buy what we call a subject to deal or we're buying the property subject to the existing financing, which means that that mortgage remains in the seller's name, but the title transfers. So now we have ownership. Now there's a couple different ways in which to take title on it, but now we have ownership and now we can create profits in this deal because we sell to people that need time in order to qualify for loans. They're knowing and willing to pay a premium on the property. We also create cash flow on it. And then we also are benefiting from the principal pay down or the equity that's being built in the house. So then we hold on to this long-term appreciation goes up, mortgage balance goes down. Now we've now created equity in the deal. And we have deals like that now that have, you know, eight years ago, we bought them and now have, you know, hundred, yeah. $200,000 worth of equity in it. And we've been cash flowing them the whole time. So those are the two extremes. There's, there's, people in the middle, but if we even just focus on those two extremes, there are so many people that are in the position of they've been through a death, divorce, life event happens. Uh, right now with people coming out of COVID, people being behind on mortgage payments, but there's a huge increase in those defaults right now. Those yeah. are people that we can go ahead and save by paying up their arrears, taking title on the property, allowing them to walk away. And the interesting part is by us making the mortgage payments on those properties, it's actually increasing their credit. So we're building their credit because it's still attached to them. Yeah. We're changing people's lives there versus the opposite, huh. which is they go into foreclosure and now their credit has been damaged for the next three to five years, depending on how progressive they are. Yeah. And, and there's likelihood that they probably don't go to the resources that you guys provide to go fix that and get out of it. Then they just go rent somewhere and it's it's kind of a spiral down in their financial gain. So I, I'm interested, obviously, other than partnering with you guys, which I hope some people do, <laughs> how are you guys identifying? Because you have this third of people, right? People who have a ton of equity. And then you got the people who obviously they're in a position where liquidating the home because there is no equity. That transaction doesn't make any sense to them from in the normal state. How are you identifying those motivated sellers? So there's a couple of different ways in which we identify, identify the motivated sellers. You can do it through very targeted niche lists, um, which you can find through certain databases. There's plenty of them out there. But you can identify characteristics on the property, free and clear, vacant, out-of-state owner. Uh, that gives you a good tell if that property is, is you know, kind of that top third. And then you also can look at, you know, uh, debt to equity ratios on these properties as well. You know, 90% debt versus 10% equity. So you could very specifically target properties. But if I give you one, uh, one uh, list that we have worked off of that's been prevalent for us and has produced, you know, large amounts of gains. Because remember, most of these deals have little to no money down on them. Yeah. So it's, it's infinite. So when we're talking about the money game here, this is a way for you to create money out of no money. Uh, are expired listings. So properties that were on the market at one point in time with the realtor, but then did not sell. Uh, it shows you two things. One, they want to sell. And two, the market on which they tried to sell on did not give them a result. So now we go ahead and provide a solution to them through a very specific script where we handle rebuttals and, and, and dive into the major pieces that will determine if it's a deal or not for us. That's, that's very intriguing. And so you guys are obviously working with tons and tons of people to help do this and you partner, you coach, and then you actually partner with people on deals to help execute, right? 
Yep. The way our, uh, the way our programs are set up is that we, uh, that we do, there's a coaching component and then there's a partnership component or quasi partnership component, because depending on the, the program, which people get in with us, we have the ability to get on the phone with sellers, buyers, attorneys, CPAs, whatever it needs to happen. So we can help them execute these deals. Now I know Ty, uh, you, you operate in more of the multifamily commercial space. So there, there are probably some listeners sitting there like, yeah, I don't really want to get involved in residential real estate. Well, these techniques can be used in commercial, mixed units, multifamilies. There, is a, there are deals in which we've done with multifamilies that produce six figures within 24 months, and we're all done through a self-directed IRA. Or the building I'm standing in right now, which is our corporate building, mixed use, great tenants. Uh, it's, uh, this property was done on a 20-year uh, seller financing deal that the seller was a major investor in the area owned a bunch of land commercial real estate was doing it for estate planning purposes did mm-hmm. not want this property to catch out so you listen to this and you want to get involved in the commercial and in the uh in the multifamily space another great way to get creative and create deals that may not make sense if you go through traditional financing Getting a seller to finance a portion of the deal instead of raising a bunch of capital and then having them, the tired landlord, let's say, still be able to create residual income cash flow on a deal might not be the same as what they originally had, but now they're no longer operators. Yeah. You can go in and operate the business, you know, of course, increase rents, tighten up the ship, and then decide to sell it. And some people will go ahead and refinance out yeah. the seller if you don't have a long enough term and default equity. I'm not the biggest fan of that, but I'm okay with that because you're pulling on equity and using for another deal. Yeah. But you can get yourself into these deals with a lower barrier of entry instead of going through the entire normal process because you can get into the deal, run it for three to five years, then go refinance out and you can keep the property. Yeah. And I've definitely seen in the deals that we've done that almost everything has started usually with a motivated seller. And I think people would be surprised to know there are an unbelievable infinite amount of like just money deals out there with motivated sellers that just, it's crazy when you put yourself in the space, how, how much you start to come across and start to find them. We've had ones with, like you said, a spouse died and it's an old person, like an operator that maybe the spouse that passed away was really the main operator on it. And they had a successful business elsewhere. And that was just something that they did a commercial property that they had bought to avoid some different tax structure and entity planning. But now it was just the pain in the ass factor of operating solo was just like, let's get rid of it. Let's get fast. And then we were able to come in and get some amazing deals just because we were looking. So for you, as you're going into this, obviously you like burnt the ships, sent it. And now you're eight years running into a successful career people looking to get into real estate, level up in their finances, what would you say is just like step one, jump in, move the needle. What What's going to make the difference to just get going? Like the simplest version when you're trying to make an adjustment in your life with anything is number one, first do your research. Find out, find the niche or the business that you see yourself being passionate and want to operate in. First and foremost, like find the niche. Then from there, find the mentor or find the group, find the community. 
that's not only doing it, uh, that is not only doing it, but operating at a very high level. They're at least three, five, 10 years ahead of you. And sometimes even longer, sometimes even higher. Then put your blinders on and follow them with full faith. See, I, I got eight years of experience, but luckily enough, I have partners like my father-in-law that has 30 plus years of experience. So I didn't have to live through 2008 to get the lessons of 2008. Yeah. So, so now I'm encouraging people like you either pay for it now or you pay for it later. So anytime I'm trying to make a strategic decision, I'm always willing to invest in myself now so that way I can gain the knowledge, skills, get the systems, the processes, so I can dramatically change the results more quickly. So follow those three steps, no matter what you're trying to do in life, and you'll set yourself in a very good position because the third and more uh, third most uh, important thing is the putting your blinders on. So first you have to spend your time and due diligence of being ready to put your blinders on because especially in real estate and now with everything being internet, uh, marketed over the internet, shiny objects are a very real thing. And if you listen to some of the, the top people in any industry, they say focus and discipline is your biggest, is going to pay you know the most over time because you can go a foot wide and a mile deep which means that you can end up becoming a specialist and be able to navigate all these things and all the different transactions, which then puts you in a really good position versus trying to do this and trying to do that and trying to do this. And all of a sudden you're spread thin and you haven't learned anything. So follow that three, three steps and you know, you'll set yourself up for success. I love it. I love it. I, I just had a conversation with uh, a super, super successful guy that, you know, ran trading floors, private equity companies and, has some really high clientele and he it's crazy. He says the exact same thing. And he just, I just had a conversation with this weekend. He said, any profession you go into, you got to focus, you got to go all in on your craft and learning forever. But he also, even being a super high end financial advisor, basically acquire as much income producing real estate as you can along the way. He's like, it just, you just can't go wrong, but you have to focus. You have to dive in. You got to keep learning because I think it's always changing, right? Like you have experience of somebody 30 years ahead. There's so many new things coming out the way the internet works now, the way social media works, the way we perceive how stuff is done. <laughs> Sometimes mm -hmm. like the, the silver bullet's going to take me from zero to a hundred million, or I'm just going to be driving a Bugatti tomorrow, or I have to give up my family to have these things. It's just not true. Like whatever your goals are, there's a path to get there, but you do need the right resources, mentors, and game plan. Yeah. It's called luck. Uh, if you go from <laughs> zero to a million dollars yeah, or zero pottery. to a Bugatti, because, <laughs> because the number one thing we always say about real estate is it's, it's simple. It's not easy. It is like very that. simple. It's not easy. And, and I look at that from just business in general. If, yeah. if you can identify the key movers in your business and pile resources into it, you're going to be able to generate revenue. And mm -hmm. then if you have the right people in place in leadership to be able to guide the people in order to handle the new revenue that comes in, and you're constantly controlling your expenses in order to direct them to the right resources, I mean, business can be duplicatable and then eventually scaled pretty quickly if you have those things in place, but it's hard. Yeah. There's sacrifices involved like like i i had a student that came in and he's very successful now but when he came in he came in because he wanted to spend more time with his family he traveled yep. three days out of every single week as a, as a salesperson 
And I said to him, I said, that's awesome. We can help you do that. But first, I need you to commit to you're going to spend less time with your family now in order to have more time with your family later. Because now you now you have to be dedicated to learning and growing your business, which is going to take away a lot of your weekend, which is going to take away your supper time. Yeah. But I guarantee if you put everything into it, then in the next 12 months, your life's going to look completely different. So not like easy. Uh, Ed Milad said it on his book. I just was listening to it on Audible. So Ed, if you hear this, good Great to see book. you again. Uh, <laughs> and he talked about that everything is an in, it's uh, inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the way you best said is like success is inconvenient because it's inconvenient to work late nights on weekends or, or, or work on your business on Saturday and Sunday mornings when you want to spend time with your family or for the younger crowd or out partying with their friends. And it's, in, it's super inconvenient. But at the end of the day, you have to do things that most people won't so that way you can do things that most people can't in the mm-hmm. next upcoming years. It's the in, invested into doing the work there's no shortcuts. Yeah. The only shortcut you can get is by getting in touch with a mentor community, a group. That way you can avoid some of the mistakes, but you still got to do the work. Yeah. Now you're just going to listen to the work that needs to be done so you don't have to do the extra work and you're running in the right direction. I really, I, I love that. I've, I've never heard it said that way, but I, it's that's a good line. It's simple, but it's not easy. And I think that's literally almost every facet of life like obviously you did personal training i've trained my whole life the exercises are relatively simple diet is relatively simple to understand it's not easy to like actually get in and bust your ass every single day it's not easy to eat chicken and broccoli and rice and quinoa like but the theory behind it is relatively simple mm-hmm. it's not really that complex to make calls or hit your targets on your prospecting numbers as a sales rep or knock enough doors. It's simple, but it's not easy to actually like go through the whole day of rejection and continue to stay positive and just be disciplined. That connects. I I think that's a huge, that's a huge line and just what it takes. Mm. Well, it's because anything that's in life that's worth doing is not easy. Yep. Uh, So that's why I'm so passionate about entrepreneurship because the, the, the reward is so much greater than the risk. That's why I always say like W2 is the biggest risk. You have zero control. You can be nicked out later with you on that, by the way, too. I think especially into the market that we're moving, I have said this so many times. I love that you just said that. I genuinely, genuinely think that the biggest risk people can take right now is only operating inside the W2 environment. With automation, with all the different things coming out, I think there's going to be a lot of jobs that will just be obsolete. And if you don't understand the skills necessary to actually create or control income or money or investments in your life, I think like you're at risk. Well, yeah, because you're at risk of somebody else's decisions. But also, if you're in like a trajectory, uh, and trust me, they're, they're, I'm sure I'm sure there are some W2s out there that people listen to this like these guys are off their rocks, but. The ones that I care that are that it's landing with, the entrepreneurs that I know can take control of their lives. Like because I was one of those that was at the at the mercy of somebody else putting me on the good bartending schedule. Yeah, so I had to I had to hope that I, my manager liked me enough, and I knew that it was all politics. As soon as I was in bartending, it was the whole thing was politics. Yeah, because there were worse bartenders than me, but they had seniority or they were were related. 
to the people that own the business yeah. and they got the best shift. So there was a certain point in my career and, and I'm sure you, people are working just, this can be related. And that is there is no matter what I did, I was not getting that shift. I could, be, I could have produced 10 times more income on that register, but I was not getting that shift. Yeah. So I knew that when I shifted into uh, entrepreneurship and in the partnerships that I have today was that I knew I could make a direct impact on my earnings or on my impact on the world. I knew that there was a, like I could today jump on a podcast with you today and somebody could hear the, the story that we're having, which could directly generate, you know, the next person's business, which then of course could generate the community uh, that we have growing right now. But if I was a bartender, like I had no choice of my impact. I had, I was at the mercy of, did they do good marketing to get people in the bar? Mm-hmm. Did I, was I selected to work that shift? Yeah. Uh, and right. And then it's like, and then you had no decision making on, all right, could I, could I utilize some, some marketing tactics or, or uh, give a free drink here, knowing that we're going to increase their tips and they're going to have a better customer experience. There was no control there. I had to just operate. And I feel like that's what a lot of people do nowadays is they just, they operate and you can't directly impact your wealth. So if you are stuck in a W-2, then there are certain things you could do. Like you said, begin looking at alternative ways to, to invest or begin looking at ways in order to have a control of a business. Because even if your business doesn't do millions of dollars a year, you have now tax write-offs and tax benefits you can put through the business. Yeah. Like travel expenses. You could put your home internet through that. Like these are simple things. You could put a car in there. Yep. Because you're giving a, a, a an effort to grow your business. So even sometimes the tax write-off benefit offsets your W-2. And that's why a lot of people invest in real estate that have W-2s because just depreciation alone is going to offset their tax benefits, their tax bills. So being able to do because I know some very successful people in real estate one that's coming to mind right now that i'm good friends with and he works at nike but he has like 60 or 70 units and he just utilizes his w-2 in order to have that as his baseline to go uh, acquire more money in order to then go ahead and have those units so there's no no one path yeah i love you gave that example too because it's i don't think either of us right not everybody's gonna be an entrepreneur not everybody's gonna it just doesn't work if everybody is but i do think we are entering in a world where W2, like there's amazing, amazing opportunities in corporate environments and amazing companies to work for. We, I, I think you and I are both just advocates of, you also have to understand how to take care of the business of your home and add ancillary elements that you do control to, to mitigate risk in your life. It, personally, that, that would be my view. Yeah, at a bare minimum. Uh, at a bare minimum. <laughs> but, yeah. The challenge with me, though, I'll be honest with you, the challenge with me, though, is, yes, I can certainly speak to and surround myself with some people that have W-2s, but the challenge then becomes I don't have so much in common with them that I, I can't get past the, the conversation of real estate. Just, and it's not their fault. It's my fault because that's my passion. That's my hobby is, is growing these businesses that we have and working and spending time with entrepreneurs. Yeah. So. So some of this conversation, I get it. If you're listening to this, it's like that keeps going back to entrepreneurship. And that's because that's that's what I know. So if I could instill even the littlest bit of entrepreneurship in even the most uh, certain or valued of certainty person that wants to live in this box that they could always guarantee, I could just instill a little bit of entrepreneurship to say, just go buy a piece of real estate every year 
and in 30 years you have 30 properties that you own and mm-hmm. you probably spend an average of 50 or 60 hours a year on those properties you're setting yourself up you're setting your family up to be in yeah. a different position long term instead of just counting on the certainty of this box I love it. Well, dude, I, I, you know, I could talk to you all day because I, I love this type of stuff being an entrepreneur as well. Like this is stuff that lights me up. That's why I love that David connected us. I think, and I know you're the same way when you, you meet somebody else who is trying to get it done. The conversation is different and it is a lot of fun. It's ambitious. It's driving, it's inspiring. And it's, it's just like finding somebody else who plays the same sport as you. Like you love mm-hmm. to compete with other competitors and you want to find out how to get better. So we, we appreciate you hopping on. I know you're busy. We got some other stuff to do today. Kind of just in closing, if you just had one last mic drop piece of advice that you would say, I know you've given a ton, uh, but just one last thing. Hey, anybody out there that's listening, if you took one thing away from this, go execute X, you know, go go start this. So two things I'd like to hit. One, number one is I want to make sure that anytime I'm on a podcast or on stage that we give somebody something in order to, to take away. So um First, I want you to be able to go get our our first Amazon bestseller book for free from us. We'll ship it to you. Um, so the website, all you have to do is go there and type in your information. We'll send it out to you. It's real estate on your terms. So the website is we'll Wicked Smart in the notes books. of the podcast too. Yeah, wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash money game. So wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash money game. Go grab the book. I know we went over creative financing in like 30 seconds. Uh, I encourage you to dive in because it's a great way that a lot of people were able to really start creating a new life in uh, not only real estate, but their finance. That's one. Secondly, and it's just because it's so top of mind and the reason why we're connecting here today, and that is if you can go do one thing right now, that is up-level your group of people that are surrounding you. Because if you're hearing this today and you're like, wow, these guys uh, really made me think a little bit. Okay, well, then you need to start surrounding yourself with people that continue to help you think at a larger level. Because in all reality, if you're somebody that wants to change their finances, wants to grow their income, wants to grow their wealth, wants to change the trajectory of their lives, then you then I'm going to encourage you to step outside of your inner circle right now and start creating a new inner circle. And now that's not going to happen you know, like this. But what you'll notice is as you continue to insert things in your mind, similar to what we talked about today, you'll start to think differently. And the conversations that you're having with the people you are right now are going to start changing. And some of those people are not going to understand those next level conversations, which means that you are now not surrounded by the right people that are going to help you to grow in uh, your in whatever your endeavor is right now. And as we started this kind of coming full circle, which is the progression makes you happier. How do we now progress you from one inner circle right now to the next inner circle? And I'm going to, I'm going to put a bold statement out there, but I'm going to guarantee you that not only your mindset and your habits will change as you shift inner circles, but your wealth will also change as well. Love it, dude. Freaking love having you on. Grateful for your giving us some time. Everybody listening, make sure you go give Zach a follow. Zachary Beach official on Instagram. Is there anywhere else that people can keep track of you the best? Yeah, absolutely. Go uh, go to Smart Real Estate Coach uh, on Instagram as well, where me and my partner, we produce a, a ton of content on there, very specific to real estate as well. Uh, so you can get a ton of information if real estate is what you're trying to get involved in. 
Perfect. We'll drop some stuff in the show notes for everybody so you guys can look up, follow with Zach. Make sure you take advantage of these resources. It's incredible. I follow his Instagram. There's a ton of great content. Some of the stuff he covered, like he said, was quick. But I hope, I hope, I hope, just like the purpose of this podcast, anything that you heard, do not just dwell on. Go start looking it up. Go start Googling words you didn't understand. Go follow his Instagram. Go start digging into the things if it sparked any type of idea of, I wish I knew that. I wish I could do that. I wish I could execute. Go start to learn and you'll find people. You'll find ways to get it done. But you got to have conversations about it. you got to dig into it. you got to do your piece. Uh, we appreciate you guys timing in. Uh, we'll catch you next time on The Money Game. You've been listening to The Money Game. But we all love money. Helping you level up and take control. It's a lot of money, baby. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime...